Welcome to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth building challenges involved in your financial life. Welcome back to the Agent of Wealth. This is your host, Mark Boudis. On today's show, I brought on the entire Boudis financial team. So if you listened to the, the show before, you've heard John Williams on it, but we also have Kira Mackesy, who's our content and community manager, and Kayla Waller, who's a financial planner on the team. So welcome, everyone. All right. So the topic is a little bit different. It's going to be the first installment of our monthly book club. So that's where we rotate picking a book and talk about it. Um, so I picked our first one this month, which we're going to cover Atomic Habits by James Clear. So I've been fascinated by how our lives are governed by our habits and behaviors for a while. And you know, if you want to make improvements to your life or any area that you want to focus on, improve it. It's, it's really critical that you improve good habits while minimizing the bad ones. And I think I took notice to this whole concept a couple of years ago when it started with the book I read, um, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Um, so Atomic Habits came out more recently than that. I think it was 2018 it came out and it showed up on every best business book list since then. And a lot of people love it, talk about it. And the author, James Cleary, starts off by talking about the difference between goals and habits. So for example, like your goal might be to run a marathon, but the habits and behaviors, they're the actions that enable us to reach that goal. And really, you know, one of his premises to really break it down, simply look at, you need to focus on those habits over the goals because that's where you have control and that's what really will drive drive change. So I'm excited about today's topic and also excited to hear what everyone else thought about the um, the book. So John, I'll start with you. And I know for you, I think this was the second time that you read it. So I think this is a good, you know, to get some feedback because I'm sure, you know, when, it, when we all read books, you pick up things the first time, but even the second time, it's probably, you, you probably even, you know, can, can get more out of it. So what'd you, what'd you think of the book? I mean, I actually got a lot out of the two and, and I, I um, also echo, echo your sentiments of, of like, just can kind of being amazed at like human behavior, you know, even just at the simplest level, like all day long, we're doing these things that aren't in our best interest. And while we're doing them, we know we shouldn't be doing them. And just like the power of the mind and some of these forces that like, we just don't realize are there. And he really touches on um, a lot of those different areas. And me understanding why we do these things, you know, really helps me kind of like take a step back before it's happening and understand like and understand a little bit as to you know why these bad habits are happening and why it's getting ready to happen. So you can kind of think through those things and just and just have these what James calls processes. You know, it's almost it's connected a lot with what you're saying is just, the habits are really the process. There's been a few other books that like kind of hit on this and like have this kind of idea where it's more about you really have to fall in love with the process as opposed to the result, because it just goes back to the idea that if you're weighing yourself every day during a diet, you're just going to be incredibly disappointed and probably give up because it's so gradual. And the idea that like, it's the process of losing weight that you really have to find, I don't want to say joy in, but you really have to find the satisfaction and like, and find those little wins, you know, along the way that are going to keep you going because the results aren't going to come fast. Quite frankly, in most aspects of our life, they're not linear. You know, just at a high level, I really like the idea of, you know, him framing like, hey, look, you know, we need to concentrate on these smaller things, the habits, and really, really try to find a way to keep those things going, 
not that he downplays completely the idea of goals, but you know, the, the goal is not really ultimately going to um, just keep, just keeping that goal in mind is not going to be enough. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you talked about falling in love with the process. He talks also about your, your identity and, you know, changing your identity. And he uses an example of if you love your biceps, you'll make sure you don't skip a day at the gym. Um, if that's your identity and you identify and you mm-hmm. like the way your your arms look. But you also mentioned about how many of these habits or behaviors we're doing subconsciously. The other thing I liked about the book is he gives a lot of resources. Um, and one of them is a tool on how to identify all the habits that you're doing. And you know, m- majority of them, we don't even realize that we're doing them. But it, that's kind of the, the start is just one, identify all the habits that you're doing, and he's got a, a tool that that helps that. And from there, you can start and looking, classifying them: good habits, bad habits. It's you know, it's a, it's like you said, it's a process or a system that's getting you to that goal. One of the things that I, I did was I took a day and I, I just like I tried my best, you know, to kind of just make note of like everything, like as I was doing them, what I was doing together, what some of these things I was pairing together. It was really interesting to see. And what my biggest takeaway was was how much of a time suck. Like a lot of these like little things that you're doing throughout the day and as they add up, like there's like almost, almost no more, there's no more room for good habits when you have all these little, just like the things that you can imagine that most people probably deal with, like checking your phone, like too often, getting sucked into social media or, you know, just, just those little things throughout the day that like add up so much, you know, I, you know, as Apple sends out your, the screen report at the end of the yeah. month, sometimes I'm like embarrassed by that. I'm <laughs> like, I'll be, I'll be happy to admit. I'm like, and that really has motivated me. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like you don't realize how much, no matter what it is, like you're looking at your phone. Um, even if it's email, you know, I'll be sitting here at my desk, sending an email on my phone while my computer is right in front of me. I'm like, what am I doing? He tells a great story about how he was in that same boat. Any free second that he had, he's picking up his phone, looking at social media, looking at things. And he said he had his assistant on Monday morning, change the passwords on all his social media accounts. And then Friday afternoon, she tells him what the passwords are and he has access to it over the weekend. And then Monday morning, she goes and and resets them again. Um, And it just goes to his point of, you know, just focus on minimizing the bad habits and and really amplifying the the good ones. So Kira, what did you get? Um, You know, what did you take out from the book? Yeah, Mark, I mean, I thought this was a fantastic book. I really enjoyed reading it. I would consider it to be like a self-help book, but with clear instructions for how to implement different topics into your life. And I found the charts and graphs great for quick reference, even when after reading, going back and looking at them, you know, at the end of every section, every chapter, I thought that that was great, especially for people who are very visual. And I just think that Clear does a great job at breaking down scientific topics like human behavior and psychology into like easily digestible stories and explanations. And then I think like the biggest takeaway for me was definitely what he coined the four laws of behavior change, which were make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy and make it satisfying. So, you know, in reading this and just top level, what I was sort of focusing on is how I can use those four laws to sort of streamline my existing habits and perhaps make more room for new habits. So I didn't you know, in reading this book, pick up a new language or pick up a, you know, interesting new hobby, but I'm, I'm sort of focusing on streamlining what I'm already doing so I can make room for 
growing into new habits. And I also really, I like, I really loved the the focus on identity, sort of what you just mentioned, Mark. Claire said that every action you take is a vote for the type of person you want to be. And that really hit home for me when it comes to identity. I think that's part of what made the book so popular is you know, he had to do a ton of research and, you know, you can bore people to death with, with all this research, but he made it very applicable, very story oriented and people relate to stories and they relate to, you know, practical. And he made making changes to your behavior practical. And like you said, he, he basically simplified it into four laws, focus on these four laws, and this is how you improve yourself. I'm a big soccer fan. And for soccer fans, aside from the world cup right now, there's a Euro European championship and a South American championship going on. And one of the things he says is stack your habits. If you have a good habit um, that you're looking to do or looking to improve, and maybe a habit that, you know, that's something that you like doing, put them together and it'll force you to do that good habit. So I want to watch soccer. And I said, all right, I also want to improve health and fitness. So to allow myself to watch a soccer game going on now over the past couple of weeks, I've said, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to watch it only when I'm on a treadmill. So now it's forced me that if I want to watch a soccer game, I have to be on a, a treadmill to to do it. So I'm kind of getting that health and Move, fitness. Moving at a certain pace. So when you went below a certain <laughs> pace, did it turn off? <laughs> yeah, well, looking bad and look at how to power power the house with the with the treadmill. But <laughs> but he all, he does also say start small too, right? So you're not going to start the treadmill at 10 miles an hour, even if it's just start at a walking pace just to, to get the habit. And he, he, he basically uses that as how to get the habit going is because we, we like satis- you know, satisfaction. We like seeing that. And while delayed gratification is probably good for long-term for habits and for behavior change, just our, our body or our mind craves the instant gratification. He's big into start small and build, build it over, over time, which I thought was, was good as well. And I think if he was here, he would say the first step would be to just moving your treadmill into the living room. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you remember the part of the book where he's speaking about the man who wanted to lose a significant amount of weight. And he started by just going to the gym. I think it was five, 10, 15 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty much nothing. You're not getting much done in the gym, but just being in that room, in that environment, it's a vote towards your identity. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're right. It's in. I guess if you even look at the title of the book, Atomic Habits. That start at the smallest thing. You know, he was using. I think an example he gave about someone wanting to do push-ups. He said, "Don't start trying to do 100 push-ups. Do one push-up. Do two push-ups, and that's how you get that win and you build up that behavior or that that habit." So, yeah, definitely makes sense, Kira. Kayla, what about you? What's your take on the on the book? I agree with what Kira said that it did give me like a self-help book type of feeling to it. I thought it was more about like self-reflecting as you're reading it because the chapters were pretty short and sweet, but each chapter felt like there was a huge lesson to take away from it. I thought the stories made it really easy to digest too, but I also kind of like to see like scientifically, I like that he was pulling from like psychologists and I like that he broke down like the the actual four um, steps of building a habit, which are like the cue, the craving, response and reward. And then I think just analyzing your habits throughout the day, like when, for me, when I get bored, I pull out my phone. I think he used the same example in the book. Like you want to entertain yourself. That's the craving. And then the reward when you look at your phone is that you get to be distracted for a few minutes. But I think it was good to reflect on that. And I think John hit on it earlier, talking about like the habit scorecard, analyzing like all the tasks you do in a day. 
And then reflecting, is this like a neutral thing? Is it a positive or is it a negative? I think yeah. that was really helpful to look at. I, I love the stories aspect of it too. And, and the habit track tracking as well. He, he says, you know, to be more successful, track your habits. And one of the stories he gives on that, which is probably my favorite story in the book, he talks about a stockbroker at a bank. The habit that the, the stockbroker is trying to do is to call more people or, or you know, try and get sales. And what he does is he takes two jars, puts them on his desk. One jar, he puts 120 paper clips. The other jar is empty. After he makes each call, he takes a paper clip from one jar, puts it into the other jar, and he doesn't stop until one jar is empty and he moves all the paper clips to the other jar. And doing that, he became a successful stockbroker or the most successful stockbroker in the bank, I think is what he what he said. Is And it's just a simple way of you know kind of promoting that that habit or that that behavior so obviously we're, we're proponents of reading books i actually in high school i had a algebra teacher and anytime you were caught talking or doing anything he he would make you write knowledge is power right and when you're reading a book you're trying to get knowledge however knowledge is power but you actually have to use it to to actually improve or to to do something with so what we're going to talk about next is how is anyone going to take what they learned or are you are you targeting something that you want to improve in your life? And then how are you going to utilize what we read in the book or the strategies that uh, Clear talks about to improve it? So, John, we'll start with, with you. There is a few things that I have to say that like, it's not that I didn't like about the book. Um, I think there are some things that contradict themselves in the book. I think there are certain things that like I look at my life and I'm like, there's no way that's right. But I do think that at the highest level, I start to realize that like there's very simple reasons why we're doing things. Even like he mentions in that paleolithic kind of like needs that like we're very, very like primal needs, whether it be like to eat food. Like, so just take food, for instance, and you're like, and you know, you have the, your pro program because the food was scarce, right? You know, so we had this, this, the idea that we, if you, if you had the opportunity to eat something salty or something like sweet, you you had this like massive like this massive amount of satisfaction because you might it might be a really long time before you get to experience that so it was like this motivation for you to keep looking for it and keep looking hard now all of a sudden like we've taken that same mind and, and the same body and the same like physiological characteristics and we've put them into a world of abundance from all different angles you know and i just think like what i'm going to you know try to do is is try to understand some of those you know things that are in my life and for me, one of the big ones is stress. You take stress and stress was actually, I, mean, I think we even taught you, you even hit on it, Mark, in one of your podcasts, like how stress can, is supposed to be like a good thing, you know, at, at the very simple level, because it keeps us moving, moving away from things and moving towards things that are important, you know, so this idea of stress, but like in our, in, in this world, in this world of abundance and, and the way things are, are basically set up, they kind of work against us, you know, because we have you know, the stress of being wanting to be a good husband, the stress of wanting to be a good father, the stress of wanting to be good at your job and, and keep everyone around you happy. So I just think that like one of the things I want to want to do is like is find the connection between those really simple things that I'm doing on a daily basis. And it's kind of a work in progress, but like, you know, just try to make the connection between those things. And really, ultimately, I think one of the misses in the book is like, you know, if you have a, an incredible amount of stress, let's say in your in your in your world, there's a part of me that feels like some of these like tactics, like making it attractive is going to fail. And, and I don't think there's any, this is anything against him, right? I mean, maybe he didn't mean it that way, but, you know, find the things that the attractive thing might help with. And then, and there's these other things, whether it be like drinking weight or even eating, like to, to combat this stress, 
and make the connection between some of those things that I'm doing and maybe try to work on the stress from a meditation level perspective. Like one of the things I've been trying to do is maybe try to meditate. I know a lot of people do this. I haven't really honestly started it, but like help to keep that, that thing that's really pulling these things in so aggressively that are these bad habits, try to work on it from both angles, you know, not using that thing to, to, to um, combat the stress, but also doing other things to kind of keep your stress level low to kind of improve your, um, improve the, the, the success level. Because I do believe that if you go into a certain situation and you have so much stress and you take these, you could, you could be setting yourself up for failure, I think at a certain level, because it's just these other things you're trying to do are never going to overcome the level of stress that you have in your life. I guess that at the highest level, I'm just going to try to try to hone in on that, that the stress and how these habits are connected to them. Yeah. And like he says, just you start at the simplest level and address it that way. All right, Kira, what about you? Yeah, so I definitely wanted to hit the ground running reading this. So I wanted to originally like create a morning routine that was pretty specific. I have a dog. I want to walk her and I want to work out and I want to make coffee at home because I'm a big Dunkin' Donuts lover. Then I want to pack a lunch for the day. Um, then I have to get out the door and there's some things in between even like taking, you know, my daily vitamins. One thing that I learned pretty, pretty soon was that, and Claire does speak about this. If you miss the habit on one day, you become far less likely to continue it the following day. Yeah. So what I did was I created what I called habit variants. So I come into work on Monday and Wednesday. And those morning routines are going to look different than my morning routines on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday when I'm working from home and I have a little bit more time in the morning. So instead of forcing myself to wake up early on Monday and Wednesday to fit in my morning routine before I commute, I move some morning activities on those days to the afternoon, one of those being working out. Um, I saw that this you know, was far more effective for me. And the same thing goes for the weekend. Saturdays and Sundays are going to look different than Mondays and Wednesdays for me. Things like packing a lunch I don't need to do on days that I'm working from home, dressing business casual, things I don't need to do on days I'm working from home. So that was really effective for me and a solution in implementing these habits. Um, and then another thing that I adopted was habit stacking. So Mark, you just talked about this, but it was for me, even more simple than that. Um, you were talking about watching soccer while working out, but to kind of go back to the examples that Clear gave, basically the, the model that he uses is after your current habit, I will a habit needed or after a habit I need, I will a habit I want. For me, it was after I cook dinner, my current habit, I will pack a lunch for the following day, a habit needed. Instead of waking up that morning, rushing out in the morning and not getting a lunch ready in time and having to you know, head over to buy lunch somewhere. Um, another example for me was I work out at home on specific days of the week when I can't make it to the gym. And I have a small setup in my basement, which is right next to my laundry room. I don't like doing laundry, but I do like working out and I also have created a really good habit of working out. So basically after I work out at home, I will put in a load of laundry 
And that's just super easy for me to stack that way. I think also utilizing a habit that you have down pat and pairing that with something that you need to improve on is super, super effective. That's some examples of what I what I used. And I'll get to it a little bit later, but I also had a realization. I wear my Apple Watch every day and there are so many habits related to my Apple Watch that I honestly did not even know I was doing. Like I was totally aware of it, but when you're when you have an Apple Watch for so long, I've had been wearing mine for about two years. There's daily habits that you reach, there's weekly habits you reach, there's competitions that you participate in, there's people you share your your um, updates with, you get reminders throughout the day. Um, it's really, really effective for me. And I, I saw so many parallels between things that I was already doing and not really realizing. And then there's the whole tracking aspect of it, which Clear does get into at the end of the, the book. So yeah, this was really effective for me to, to both kind of look at what I was already doing and not really realizing it and then fine tuning some new habits by pairing them with some existing yeah. You know, John even mentioned it with his, the, he was talking about screen time before. And some of these companies or tech or that we use, they make it so easy to like continue the habit. And he talks about, uh, Clear talks about Netflix in the, in the book. And he says, you know, if you're watching a Netflix show and the show ends, it'll literally just roll right into the next show. Pretty soon you're just binge watching, binge watching something. My favorite, favorite quote from the book was, I think, I don't even remember, but he quotes somebody else and he says that we've gotten so good at pressing, pushing our own buttons. Yeah. Or, or just like, we just, and, it, and it just resonated with me so much. Like, wow, like everything we do is, is like a marketing ploy towards us sometimes. Yeah. So Kayla, what about you? Um, what are you going to try and implement from here? Um, I think the biggest thing that I'm taking away from the book is how Clear describes that winners and losers have the same goals. I think my favorite quote was, um, you do not rise to the level of your goals, you rise to the level of your system. And that really struck a chord because I feel like I'm always setting goals. I'm going to work out, I'm going to eat healthier, but like I don't lay a system in place to achieve those. But reading this book made me take a deeper dive into those systems. Like one I, I mentioned was eating healthier. I think Clear talks about it in the book too. A woman he met would ask herself, would a healthy person do this before she did anything? I started doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think taking away little things like that, would a healthy person do this to the to the kind of like individual you're trying to become is what I'm taking away. The, one of the things he he talks about in one of the one of the chapters, I think we can even relate to you know our work as you know in, in finance field. He talks about automation and how he's a big proponent of automating good habits. And we always recommend when we talk to people, automate you know automate your savings. That's why four hundred one ks work is because you can kind of set it and you know the money just comes out of your paycheck continuously and it's building up this four hundred one k. Same thing with you know anyone saving saving money and you know. It's not just a financial, you know, habit, but any habit. The more you can automate on it, um, so that's one of the things I really took out of it too. Is really to look and see what what am I doing that I can automate, and that allows me to focus on, you know, some of these good habits that may I may need to manually come in and 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 address. So, yeah, I thought I thought the book was was great. Um, we're just about out of time, so Kira is picking next month's book. And Kira, do you want to tell us about what book you've picked for uh, for our next show? Sure. So um, we will be meeting again next month. 
Um, and the book that we'll be reading is called The Infinite Game. And it is written by Simon Sinek. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, Sinek, but he, he, I don't know if it was his first book, but he really became popular after he wrote a book called uh, Start With Why. And then if someone doesn't like reading the book, he, his TED Talk from from that about about that book was really popular. So I think The Infinite Game is his latest one. Um, so that's it for today. John, Kira, Kayla, thanks for, for being on. Anyone has any questions about how to improve their financial ha- habits? We're actually a financial uh, services company, so we're happy to talk about that. And thanks everyone for listening in today. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutis Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial planning and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investments and financial planning. 